guys, welcome back. I'm Nick. I'm Faye. And this is Priyad's Over, Over Coffee. Coffee. Today's episode is going to be on statistics, and Nick and I are going to be doing a two-part series on statistics and study design, because as you know, there's always a few questions on Kriogs. I feel like I've learned this 30 times, but every single time, I have to go back and relearn everything. Yeah, absolutely. This is always one of those topics that's like the last minute cram session. So hopefully with like a cram session podcast, this just helps you get those get those easy points. So today's learning objectives, number one, will be to understand basics of biostatistics, especially as they apply to our specialty. Secondly, we'll get a working vocabulary of basic statistics going in order to be able to talk about research, epidemiology. And then finally, we're going to learn the basics of study design, though that'll probably be more for part two. For this part, the first thing we need to establish with stats is we always talk about sensitivity and specificity. Yes. Right? So everybody remember that beautiful chart that we always pull up every single time, and we're going to have this on our website too. So if you want to pull up our website and follow along with the chart, you can do that. The chart is designed in such a way so that the left-hand side of the chart is based off of a diagnostic test, and you can either test positive or test negative. The top of the chart is basically whether or not someone actually has the disease or not. So this is using like the gold standard test. So this, the, these people either have the disease or they don't have the disease. And underneath these are all the different categories. So you can, in A, which is our first square, you can have the disease and you test positive. So these are our true positives. If we move over one towards the right, these are people who don't have the disease, but they still test positive at the diagnostic test, and these are false positives. And then if we move down to the next row, there are people who are going to have the disease but test negative. These are our false negatives. And then there are people who don't have the disease and they test negative. So these are our true negatives. So let's talk about sensitivity in formula sense, because we have to talk about formulas, even though I'm not a math person at all, <laughs> is going to be your true positives over all the people who actually have the disease, no matter what their diagnostic test says. You basically, you want a test to have a high sensitivity when you're screening for something because you want to be able to catch as many people as possible who have the disease with your test. And the other thing to remember is that false negative is equal to one minus the sensitivity. Yeah, that's a lot all at once, Faye. That's pretty good though. Yeah, so are you ready to move on to specificity? I guess. Yeah, let's take a stab. <laughs> All right. So specificity is, in formula sense again, going to be the number of true negatives divided by number of people without the disease. So basically, how many people who don't have the disease are you actually screening negative? A high specificity is something that you want for a confirmatory or a diagnostic test. Because once you've screened all the people, you've gotten everybody that you can that is actually has the disease, now you want to weed out the people who actually don't have the disease, all right, and who may have potentially tested positive, been a false positive. And a false positive is one minus the specificity. I think next, Nick, if you want, we can talk about positive and negative predictive values. <laughs> Yeah, so Faye went initially kind of down the columns here, um, if you're following along in that two-by-two two table, right? So now we're going to move, rather than up to down, we're going to move left to right across this, talking about positive mm -hmm. and negative predictive values. 
So to start with positive predictive value, this is going again in that top row from left to right, taking your true positives and dividing that by the number of total patients who have a positive test regardless of whether they have a disease. So again, you want to know the number of positives divided by the total number of people who actually tested positive. Now, a positive predictive value is basically going to tell you what are my chances of having a disease if I have a positive test result. But do remember as well that positive predictive values depend on the prevalence of disease in the area. So if you have a low prevalence, there will be consequently a low positive predictive value. If there's a high prevalence, a high positive predictive value. The negative predictive value, if we just move down from there, though, is the same type of thing as the positive predictive value, but now we're talking about instead of positives, we're talking about negative tests. So the number of true negatives divided by the total number of people who tested negative. So if you have a negative test, what are the chances you really don't have the disease? So those four are probably the ones that I've seen the most on Creogs in the last couple years, but I have gotten tests about other things. The one thing that you talked about, Nick, was prevalence. Prevalence is really like what is the actual percentage of people in the entire population that has the disease. So it's your pre-test probability, like before you even took your diagnostic test and you got positive or negative or whatever, what were your chances of getting the disease? Now this is when things start to get a little gnarly. Okay, so <laughs> I'm glad Faye is taking the lead on the gnarly stuff. <laughs> so the next thing that I wanted to talk about was pretest odds. Pretest odds are it's the prevalence divided by one over the prevalence. So if you go take that back and you think about like a one percent prevalence, that would be like the one percent divided by ninety nine percent. So what were your odds of having this disease? before you even took the diagnostic test. So stick with me here, okay? okay? A lot of this, if we say it out loud, sounds very much the same, but it's really the mathematical formula that's different. So one thing that I sometimes do is like I try and cram all this in my head and then right when I get into the testing uh, area, I'll like write them all down so I don't forget my formulas. So that's your so pretest odds. We're also gonna talk about likelihood ratio. And this is something that I spent like 15 minutes looking at before I even started talking because this also makes very little sense. So a likelihood ratio doesn't test the patient. The likelihood ratio tests the test. So the answer that you're trying to answer with a likelihood ratio is, is this even a worthwhile test to take? Does it change my pretest um, probability? The likelihood ratio, for a positive test result, stick with me again, is going to be the sensitivity divided by one minus the specificity. In other words, sensitivity divided by false positive. This is used to assess the value of actually performing a diagnostic test. And you're using that sensitivity and specificity of the test to determine whether a test result usefully changes the probability that a condition exists. So if we know in the population that disease X has a 1% chance of happening, after you take this test, and let's say you get a positive value, does your chance go up from 1%? You're changing the population that you're in. Your new population is the population of people who tested positive. Does it make sense to take this test? Or, or even if you took the test, your chances of having disease X is still 1%. Then that would mean that this is a not useful test at all. Got it. So this is just giving us more or less, uh, it's actually, it's going to help me out diagnostically, I guess you'd say. Exactly, exactly.
So some numbers to remember would be a likelihood ratio of more than one, the test result is associated with the disease. Or if the likelihood ratio is less than one, then the test results is associated with the absence of the disease. So either greater than one or less than one, the likelihood ratio tells you that this test is a test that's worth taking. However, if a likelihood ratio is close to one, it's not really a useful test because it means that your post-test probability is not really different from your pre-test probability. Likelihood ratios are one way that we can assess how relevant a test is or how useful it might be to us. When we're looking at other characteristics of tests, there are some other things that we can look at as well. One such measure that's mathematical, again, is the accuracy or how often you get a test result that either is a true positive or a true negative. So in this case, you'd, if we look at our two by two table again, you'd get the A plus D, which are your true positives and your true negatives, and divide that by the total number of people tested. And so you get a ratio or a percentage of, if I run this test 100 times, 97% of the time or 50% of the time, it gives me an accurate result. Another way is the reliability of a test. So rather than saying like the accuracy, how many times is something true, we look at a different population or a different group and say, okay, is this test reproducible? Does it give me the same results moving from one place to another? And then lastly, you might consider the validity of a test. Um, and validity, we can kind of break down into two, two types. There's internal validity, which assesses a true causal relationship between what a test is measuring and if it actually correlates to that disease state. And then there's external validity, which is a measure of whether you can take that test or take that relationship and apply it to a broader or outside population. So we went over a lot of statistics, Nick. Let's see if we can go ahead and try and summarize that. Yeah, give it a shot here. So again, guys, the high yield points for today, we talked about that two by two table and really setting that up is important. Um, if you can set that up at the beginning, you can really gather a lot of this from just that point. When you set up that two by two table, remember the disease goes on top, the tests to the left, and you want to set up those columns so that way you get everything set correctly. From that two by two table, you want to be able to calculate sensitivity and specificity going up and down, where sensitivity is the number of true positives divided by the total number of people with the disease, and specificity is the number of true negatives divided by the number of people without the disease. You want a high sensitivity for screening and a high specificity for confirmatory or diagnostic tests. You can also go across the table, so going um, along the rows to get your positive predictive value and your negative predictive value, which in turn mean if I tested positive, what are my chances of actually having the disease? Or if I tested negative, what are my chances that I really don't have the disease? And remember, positive and negative predictive value both depend on the prevalence of a disease. You can calculate the prevalence or pretest probability from your 2x2 two two table by knowing the percentage of the population that has the disease. So your A plus C, the group that actually has the disease, divided by the total. You can also calculate a pretest odds from your prevalence. And you can use things like the likelihood ratio in order to determine how useful a test is. And remember the likelihood ratio formula is sensitivity divided by one minus the specificity. And finally, we talked about accuracy, reliability, and validity. And these are things that can be applied to tests or studies. 
So your accuracy is taking your results of A and D, so your true positives and your true negatives, divided by everybody in this population. Reliability is really how reproducible your tests is. So if you were to do this test 100 times, would you still get the same results? And the validity, and we have internal versus external validity. Internal validity tells us how much we are able to draw a causal relationship between two things and external validity, which is when whether or not this test is applicable to other populations. Again, everybody, we're going to have a useful handout on the website, so check that out. Um, that'll have your two-by-two two table as well as some of these common formulas. This will be helpful to the visual learner and will definitely augment what you heard today in the podcast, so please, please, please give that a look. All right, everyone, this is Faye. This is Nick. And this has been Creogs Over Coffee. So, guys, if you liked today's episode or you have any suggestions for us, please feel free to reach out. Um, our website is www.creogsovercoffee.com. You can catch us there by email or you can reach out to us on social media, creogsovercoff1 on Twitter or creogsovercoffee on Facebook. It's better to be hypersensitive when you're trying to screen for Ebola.